everyone. Welcome back to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner. Thank you for listening in on yet another episode of the Trail Life. Uh, you know, I've got a great one for you today. We're talking a little bit of nutrition and the ultra runner, more the practical side of things, the, the refresher side of things, so to speak. Uh, when you should start your nutrition during training, what you should be doing during your events, how often you should be hydrating, things to eat, things to avoid. Just a, like I said, a, just a quick refresher, more of the practical general knowledge. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to bring in a sports nutritionist from Australia. So that was kind of cool to be able to listen into her and discuss kind of like what she's done uh, in the past, how she got to Australia from Mexico and what is she seen as a uh, endurance athlete herself. So um, I enjoyed the conversation. I hope you do too. So let's just get right into it. Welcome to the trail life, Gabby Villa. The Trail Life Podcast is presented by Solomon. For 75 years, their passion for outdoor sports, new technologies, and craftsmanship have driven them and still do to create progressive gear to enable you to freely enjoy and challenge yourself to the great outdoors. Today, Solomon has an incredible lineup of road and trail running footwear and hydration gear, perfect for any runner on any terrain, no matter the challenge. Check them out today at your local running store like Runner's Roost or on Solomon.com. Well, help me turn the turn uh so this conversation it's it's it comes at an interesting time for for me and my business because tomorrow or not tomorrow, this is today's Wednesday. So Saturday, uh, we mm-hmm. are putting on a 24 hour, uh, trail race. So, nice. so when we talk about, uh, nutrition prep for ultra endurance athletes, this kind of fits right into the mix. Like we get a lot of our runners or a lot of our, uh, listeners who are trail runners listen in while they're trail running. So there'll probably be some people uh, taking a listen to this while they're doing the uh, doing the event or even beforehand. So this is kind of some good information that leads right into this race this weekend. So it works out perfect. Oh, excellent. Oh, that's good. Definitely very happy to <laughs> to chat about it. That's going to be good. Yeah. So I want to um, I want to give our listeners a little bit of background on you, though. Um, so how long have you so you're a sports nutritionist? How long have you been doing that? And what's your background as far as being an athlete goes? Sure. So I'm a dietitian and I specialized in uh, sports nutrition. Uh, I've been a dietitian for close to 10 years now. And the reason why I decided to go down the sports nutrition path was because I've been a triathlete for close to 15 years now. Okay. And I think it was probably being a triathlete, but also being involved in the sport and to me, I, I guess a sport has been such a big part of my life and something that it's been so good for me that I just wanted to keep being involved somehow and, and helping people in finding joy from that the sport the same way I did, I guess. And to me, a sports nutrition was a way to do that. So, yeah, it's been essentially 10 years since I I, I finished my dietetics degree. And from there, all the way uh, heading to doing a diploma in sports nutrition with the International Olympic Committee, working with the State Institute of Sport. And then eventually that's like, cause that, that, that was all in Mexico. 
how I ended up in Australia, I came to do a master's degree in exercise and health at the University of Western Australia. Wow. And I've been here since 2016. Well, I, I tell you what, that's definitely not a bad spot to go to school. <laughs> I mean, to, and so how did you get from, so what was the decision to go from Mexico to Australia? Like how did, how did, how did that become kind of the conversation because that's not, not side by side. That's for sure. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm probably to me, that's probably the hardest part. I'm so attached to my family. I'm being so far from them. It's, it's definitely hard. But the reason why I came here, I always wanted to, I guess, visit Australia. And I also was uh, keen on having a master's degree in, in like overseas, I guess. Okay. So it it became very obvious when when it came to the the time of choosing where to go. I was like, well, I want to go to Australia. I want to go somewhere else. I can see this master's degree they have there is really really good. Why not just do it? So yeah, that's how I ended up here. Oh my god, that's that's Australia has always been on my top three, top five list of places to go. So we've, my wife and I have not made it that uh, that direction just yet. So I'm. When we, and I, I always tell people, if you get down there, I guess you got to go for like 30 to 60 days just to go and see the entire, get the entire experience down there. So, um, well, yeah, you know, it's, this is why I do this, these podcasts. I get a chance to talk to people from all over the world in all different walks of life and, and hear their story and, and just learn from people. So it's, it's great that I ate. I, I love talking nutrition anyway, but be it I, to have a chance to talk to somebody like yourself that lives all the way across the world is, is awesome. So, uh, puts a different perspective on, on things. So, um, yeah, I just kind of want to get into it. Like, yeah, like I said, we've, we've got our 24 hour ultra race coming up, uh, this weekend here in San Diego area. And, you know, it's, it is, it's a good conversation. Like the big conversation always with 24 hour events, 200 mile races is the nutrition aspect of it. And not only on race day, but also leading up to it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts and your take on like leading up to it in your training and then what it looks like uh, on race day and how that differs. Yeah, definitely. So I guess the, the way I like to see nutrition and the way I approach it is that to me, it starts obviously with the training in a sense that training is uh, obviously critical for us to have that day raise a performance, right? Like we need to have that training. Uh, and for that to occur, you have that training session. The role of that training session is to promote training adaptations that eventually will translate into improved performance. And it turns out that nutrition has a key role to play every step of the way. You need to have the right energy to complete that training session. You need to have the right nutrients for your training adaptations to cure and the right energy for your body to be able to adapt and respond to that training session. And obviously you have you need to have that nutrition strategy for race day to be successful. So when we think of that race, I, I like to approach it from like, all right, let's just start looking at what are you doing from the preparation to it. Now, I understand that in this case, the 24-hour race is very soon. Yeah. So I'm happy to, to chat more about like, all right, we have a few days left. Yeah. But I still think it's, it's worth mentioning that when we're thinking of the training, the, the purpose of that is, is uh, essentially 
I would like to say three things. One, making sure that that training session is efficient. So it means that you are able to complete it at the target pace you were aiming, you were able to do the distance that you were hoping to. And at the same time, the the next thing there is that your your gut is being able to tolerate the food as well. There are certain training sessions that are particularly good for it. And if you practice your nutrition with them, it's going to be extremely helpful. So on race day, you're able to be eating and running as you go. And the next part of it is obviously that part of the adaptation that we were talking about, like making sure that the recovery is adequate, that we have the right nutrition, that we are making sure that the the, the target of the session, we're accomplishing it and that nutrition is supporting that bit. So I guess that's how I would see the whole process. Then mm-hmm. if like we can talk about, I guess, how specifically we will target each of them. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to hear that. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, 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 when you're talking about, and it's definitely different and correct me if I'm wrong, like you've got your half marathon, you know, type of distance, you definitely need to train, you know, eat right for that. But as you go along into your 50 K, your a hundred mile, your 200 mile into your 24 hour, it, it becomes even more specific a little bit at a time. It, it becomes a little bit more of the general, like, right. The generalized, like I need to eat these type of foods versus all of a sudden now it's very specific to a 200 mile race or a 24 hour race where it gets to be like, okay, I need to have this type of protein. I need to have this many calories exactly. Right. And so that's, that's, what's always interested me when it comes to the strategy, both mentally and the nutrition aspect of, of longer distance races. Oh, definitely. It's a whole different game. And I, I love it so much. I just find it so fascinating in terms of like, to me, like, it just like makes me so happy when I'm putting a plan together and I'm looking at all the numbers (laughs) and everything. Uh, But yeah, I think one of the mistakes I see, especially for people who come from a road running background and moving to trail is that they are just to, to that, like usually up to, let's say a marathon. And typically for those things you are eating, let's say gels and a carbohydrate drink most of the time. Mm-hmm. And they assume that when they are going to the trail, that that's going to be enough. Like they just need to, if I was doing that for the marathon, I just need to keep eating more of that for the trail. And if we're thinking of 24 hours, just eating gels and carbohydrate drinks, <laughs> that's super hard for yeah. most people and definitely not recommended. So those are like, that's when it becomes a little bit trickier, I guess, because that's when more elements come to play more relevant it is to consider protein, whether you have some fat, the calories per se as well. So yeah, it definitely, it, it changes things and it's important to acknowledge that. When do, would you want to start, like if we're talking again, 24 hour race or a 200 mile race, we'll just keep it with the long ultra races at this point, just cause that's kind of what's coming up for, for my race category. How far in advance sure. do you want to start looking at proper nutrition. Do you want to start that as soon as you start the training plan? Like you start getting out like, okay, I need to, I need to be running these, these many miles per week or per day. Does your nutrition kind of go hand in hand exactly with the way the physical training becomes? I 100% recommend that because a lot of, especially for people who start increasing their volume, that's when they start noticing that nutrition starts having an impact. They are super tired, often uh, cranky, hungry, like cravings, all these things. And if having a nutrition intervention from the beginning can make a big difference. But if we were to say at least, okay, let's just say minimum, I like to say minimum, minimum three months in advance, you need to start looking at your nutrition. Uh, Ideally, I will be saying six months 
for you to have the best. Like if you are like, I'm serious about this race. I want to have the best possible outcome. I will be like six months in advance. We need to start working on it. Because as I said, like if we're looking, if we're working on nutrition alongside the training, it's going to bring you the biggest gains. Yeah. So don't start your nutrition 24 hours before your race. That's, that's what I'm taking. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. However, I still, I still feel like obviously it helps to, to, to do something for your nutrition 24 yeah. hours before the race. Like I still would advise that it's just that I guess it, it does narrow the recommendations because we can't work on many different things if you haven't tried them before. So yeah. that's when we're like, all right, what have you done in the past and how can we like sort of put these things here so that way it works as best as possible for you. Yeah. Talk to me about um, the hydration aspect of it. I mean, because obviously water and getting enough electrolytes and everything else is just as important as the type of nutrition you put in your body. Like where does the hydration and how much you should be drinking during your training kind of go within the nutrition aspect of it? Sure. So hydration is definitely super important. And when it comes to hydration, uh, one is because we need our body to have fluids. And part of that fluid is actually supporting your uh, the, your gut's ability to process the food that you're consuming as well. So that's having that extra benefit as well. And that's why we see usually when a, a race is colder or like more humid, gut issues are more prevalent yeah. and that's because the people are more likely to be dehydrated and that's like having an impact on their gut as well in terms of how much it does change from person to person there are people yeah. who are very heavy sweaters and i guess the average recommendation will be won't be enough for them they still will need more than that yeah on the other side you have people who probably don't sweat as much and drinking more than necessary can also be a problem for them uh, taking it to the extreme can like we can have very serious cases of hyponatremia of someone who decides to be drinking water deliberately without necessarily needing as much and then like essentially diluting their sodium content and that's quite serious obviously we don't want to have the other one which is severe dehydration so when it comes to hydration the the best thing i would suggest people do is having a sweat test with a sweat test the easiest thing to do is measuring it yourself or you just weigh yourself before and after your session and you get an assessment of how much uh mm -hmm. sweat you're losing per hour and that gives you an idea like all right looks like i'm sweating i don't know 1.5 liters per hour i tend to recommend trying to make up for 50% of that. You don't have to go for 100% of it. It's probably, especially for heavy sweaters, it's a lot. And it's going to also have an impact on your ability for like to even keep running. If you think of drinking two liters of water per hour is a lot. So like maybe aiming for at least 50% of that is helpful. In terms of sodium, there is, there's, if they go with someone who, especially who does that, uh, the sweat profile, something that I do with my athletes, uh, we can assess how much sodium they are losing in the sweat. And from there, we can also target that replacement. However, if they are looking at like, well, let's just think of our range. Typically, we're thinking of between 300 to 600 milligrams of sodium per hour that ideally you would like to be consuming. Now, there are people who are very salty sweaters and it's not until we have that test that we're like, oh, wow, like we need to even do way more than the 600 milligrams that we were thinking yeah. of. Um, but for the majority of the population, let's say 300 to 600 milligrams, it's a safe number. 
Have you seen, um, so there's like products out there nowadays that'll actually test if like how, like if you're, how much you sweat, how much salt you end up sweating. Right. So this is kind of what you were talking about, a salt test or a sweat test, but there's also, uh, is part of that is you can test to see how my, how the electrolytes actually affect you. Like, should you be taking in more electrolytes than just regular water? Have you seen products like that? Because I, I started seeing those. Um, I went to the running event or the running show, uh, back in Austin last year. And that was kind of one of the big things that was kind of coming out from a technology standpoint where there's products you can actually put on your skin when you, when you're out doing your activity and it'll kind of tell you like, Hey, you, you're low in your electrolytes and you need to drink more Gatorade, let's say, or you need to drink more yeah. you know, salty water, whatever it is. I mean, have you had any experience with any of that stuff just yet? Uh, not necessarily with those patches The I, the only one I'm aware of is the Gatorade one that has that, uh, yeah. that element where you can assess the, the sodium, the way we do it. As, and when I say we, as like sweat profilers typically mm-hmm. is with a patch and essentially you collect sweat. And from that, you analyze it to have yeah. a sample, but it's not as straightforward as the, the Gatorade one, which is like, essentially you scan it and immediately you have the response. <laughs> uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean- like still. I mean, yeah. even, even then it's, I don't know, it's kind of interesting to see how, how far technology has come to help you out with that type of stuff. Like to, and you talk about top performance, like things that will help you out, right? Like even just doing that, those small tests like that to find out like, oh, I should be taking in more electrolytes versus less salt or more salt versus less electrolytes or more water and everything else. It's kind of cool how everything kind of evolved has been evolving to see how the performance aspect goes now it's it's awesome so um yeah definitely and i uh, feel like that's how the best athletes are doing it right now essentially oh, it's like looking at every single element that will make a difference and even if even if it's just a one percent like working on that yeah. uh, but obviously for for the lay person i guess is that's why we need to start from having a core foundation because like yeah. what's the point of looking at those one percent where you ha- still have like very big gains and you you can work on uh to start with yeah do you feel um do you feel supplements or specific supplements will help out with some of those uh, nutrition aspects, like taking you know vitamin C or whatever it is? I mean, do, how how often do you look at at the supplement aspect of it to you know tell people like okay, start looking at some of these things because that'll definitely help out the way your nutrition affects your body. We well, there's there's this I guess foundation of which is called the. Food first approach. And the reason for that is like what what it means is that we aim for the athlete to first of all get whatever they need from food. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because the way we have the nutrients available through food is uh more like it's easier to absorb it. They are the athlete is likely to be getting more benefit from it because something that is high in vitamin C will also be very high in other like other vitamins or other elements that are helpful. And it's giving us energy, it's giving protein, carbohydrate, all these other things that are helpful for the athlete. So that's why we try to go with food first. Uh one when we look at all right, let's see what are the things that maybe we need to supplement? It's usually for someone who has very strict restrictions, either because they have intolerance or particular preferences, someone who is vegetarian, vegan, 
or just for some reason they are not willing to eat a particular food group, that's mm-hmm. when we, I guess, look at at supplementing or trying to compensate for that if like if there's no other way of doing it through food. But it, when it comes to, I guess, supplements itself, there's themselves, I guess, like it's very hard to find one that will be like this is the one that you need to focus on there's there's really nothing there's like no, that there's no one magic uh, bill you're talking about i mean come on yeah <laughs> correct <laughs> when it comes to what you shouldn't be eating like what are what are some of the things that you see well yeah what are some of the things that you see that runners or triathletes are intaking that you're just like do not use this in your training or do not take like eat this before an event because one of the biggest misconceptions for the longest time it probably is not too much anymore but it was always the carbo load right the night before a race and that's definitely not the case you can't be carbo loading the night before it's more of a couple days before so is there anything that that you tell your athletes like okay definitely stay away from these type of foods 24 hours or 48 hours prior to the event um, I don't, I don't think there are like any foods are like alarming, I guess, in terms of like definitely don't touch that before the race, but there are, I guess, guidelines that is important to follow. Definitely reducing fat intake is important to avoid the stomach upset. That's why when it comes, for example, to the carb loading, yes, definitely, especially for if we're talking a 24 hour event, probably two to three days beforehand, we're doing that carb loading. Yeah. Uh, the thing with carb loading is that we need to do it in a way that you are increasing carbohydrates without increasing fat. If we usually, when we think of carbs, we're immediately like, oh, donuts, ice cream, cake, and all these things that, yes, <laughs> yeah. they are high in carbs. Yeah. Unfortunately, they are very high in fat as well. Yeah. And as much as I love those foods, if we load on that before the race, it's going to be catastrophic for the athlete. Uh, so essentially, it's just like, it's not helpful for, for that successful outcome. So, so that's why we were like more like pasta, rice, and things that are lower in fat and for example pasta we don't look for the creamy with bacon it's more something simple with maybe tomato sauce or something like that yeah so i guess fat is one aspect to consider definitely when it comes to ultra athletes during the race there's some there it's 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 okay to consume some fat throughout it so that's when we see people eating nuts sometimes even like strips of bacon or things like that but that's not how i recommend getting the majority of your calories most of it would ideally you would like to see it from carbohydrate and from there the next thing that we also need to consider is decreasing fiber because fiber also can have an impact on the stomach upset so if we are I don't know, let's say that the whole race we decide to be eating Nutri-Grain or something that is like higher mm-hmm. in fiber, that's also not going to be very helpful because it's very hard for the stomach to absorb that easily. And if we're thinking of like, I'm trying to run, all my blood flow is going to my legs. My stomach is actually ha- having a hard time processing it. And now I'm giving this food that is super high in fiber that is like technically that's part of the, the reason why we consume ca- fiber in our day to day because we want to slow that transition but for someone who needs that energy quickly that is not going to be helpful at all so yeah definitely decreasing fiber now to answer the question is are there any things that i'm seeing people doing that i'm like what are you doing (laughs) Uh, not really in terms of like a particular food i think it's more about 
I th I think I I see sometimes a lot of misconceptions of, of uh, especially because I'm part of different I don't know Facebook forums where people ask questions about like oh what are you doing for nutrition and a lot of people come and share it's like oh I'm following this diet it's been amazing and it's it's just essentially a diet that is not tailored for athletes so as much as maybe for someone it was helpful in a way that I it helped me eat more vegetables and now I feel better or maybe someone who thinks that losing weight was the way for them to describe it as that being good for the other athlete it may be not helpful at all because now it's restricting energy is limiting the, the, the availability of certain foods so that's when it has a negative impact I guess um and yeah, that's probably those are like the the I guess the other crazy thing I've seen is is more about uh the you know how like if you see an energy gel, most of them would say eat every half an hour. And someone who takes that as like, all right, that's what I need to do. Twenty four hours. How many gels do I need for that? Uh, obviously, like very quickly they learned that probably that was not the yeah, best uh, not idea. The best Wow. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of want to bundle this up in a nice little package for everybody as best we can. Right. Um, so what are, I guess, what are some of the key considerations or the, or the key, like top five things that you would, you know, tell people like, okay, these are the things that are, are best, that would be best for training for an ultra, like from timeframes to types of foods you want to eat to, you know, how often you eat, like what, what would be your best, like your top considerations or top tips for that? Mm, all right, let's see. So, okay. Definitely. First one will be a start early as, uh, as soon as, as you can start working on your nutrition is going to be helpful. Uh, definitely not, uh, don't forget hydration and work on a sweat test. It's, it's, it's something that is going to be helpful. The next one is make most of your nutrition coming from carbohydrates is going to be beneficial for, for it, including protein as we're talking about five grams of protein per hour. So it's, it's quite low, like two mm -hmm. to five It's very low consumption, consumption of protein, but for something that is going beyond, let's say 12 hours, definitely important. Um, and the the next one will be i would definitely suggest if it's something you haven't done by your like if you, ha you haven't done this before uh, there's no harm in approaching someone to help you putting it together yeah. i feel like we often try and like and i i see it like it's very overwhelming we can jump on forums or at least even listening to this podcast and be like all right let's do it and it's like oh wait but what i do with this and how do i do it and then like I do appreciate that at the end, we are at our own running experiment. But if you can see someone who is like willing to to essentially give you the shortcut where it's like, okay, yeah. look from all the information here, this is what <laughs> it works for an athlete like you. Let's work with that. And from there, we can narrow it more because every person is going to be different. So it's not like we just grab a template and just like give it around. Because I mean, it would be very easy to, to just put that template online and whatever, like everybody can do well, it. The you thing is that we still need to tailor it. Yeah. You wouldn't have a job if you just had a template, you know? Oh, trust me. <laughs> if there was a template, I would very happily share it. Seriously. <laughs> I feel like, uh, 
to me, the most important thing is that people are having the best possible race. And if, yeah. if that means just putting a blog post there saying like, hey, this is how you do it, more than happy to do it. And I do have things like that. The thing is that we still need that refinement. Uh, that's It's very important. Like obviously starting from a point of, all right, this person who is specializing in endurance and particularly ultra endurance is giving me this information that's probably way step forward than just going from like whatever the general public is sharing out there yeah. uh, but then from there it's like all right let's say i'm not willing i'm not ready to work with someone okay let's grab this information and the next thing i would suggest is like let's try it but definitely trying it in training before going straight to the race and doing it especially if that race is, is very important for you if that's your a race don't wait for the race to experiment with things yeah. definitely try them in training beforehand yeah never try anything uh right before or during the event that's when things can go wrong for sure <laughs> yeah I speak, definitely I speak, I speak from experience or not i don't know um <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Gabby, I feel I, like we all have done it. <laughs> I think everybody's done it. You're right. I think everybody's done it. Everybody just, you know, maybe doesn't want to share their issues that they've had to deal with. But um, Gabby, I, I want to thank you for coming on and just sharing some, some quick nutrition tips and, and everything else. It's always fun to kind of have a refresher, if nothing else, about some of the things that we should be looking at as far as athletes go and training and how that functions into your, your actual event and everything else. So, um, I appreciate you jumping on and, and have a great rest of your day now that it's eight o'clock in the morning for you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. We'll enjoy my day. I will prefer if it's a bit warmer over here, but no, that's all good. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. Always happy to share some tips and yeah, uh, happy to get in touch if anyone has more questions. The Trail Life Podcast presented by Solomon is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Stoner. Theme song provided by The Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer. You can rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other place you stream your favorite podcasts. Thank you again, everybody, and we'll see you on the trails real soon.